0: And walking through the brown and golden leaves here in the park. It's definitely autumn, although you wouldn't be able to tell from the temperature. It's a gorgeous day, blue skies, a few hazy clouds up there, and a warm summer sun. Tomorrow is going to be even warmer, exceptionally high temperatures for this time of year. And then next week, the weather is going to turn. And unfortunately I can't really be outside because I have unexpectedly uh, a job to do which is to edit an episode of my TV show and uh, I couldn't find someone to do that for me. Um, And so I had to do it myself. Not a real problem because I know how to do this but it is quite a bit of work and so today, probably also tomorrow I'll try to wrap up the work for that episode which means I'm sitting in the editing room inside with the curtains drawn and the lights low focusing on this glowing screen in front of me which by the way is an awesome new monitor that I uh, that I bought because it was on sale the other day it's one of those super widescreen LG monitors, PC monitors with a uh, UH, UHD so four, like 4K resolution and it's a, it's a joy to work with I always need more real estate in front of me when I'm working uh, with editing programs and having this massive screen in front of me is uh, it's really, really nice but I'd rather be outside walking running a bit. Can't really run that much these days because I'm uh, in the last stretch uh, before the marathon this upcoming Sunday in Amsterdam. It's the first time I'm running that Amsterdam marathon and uh, I'm happy that I was able to get the ticket even though the circumstances were a little bit sad for the person who initially wanted to run that marathon. if you recall, I I gave up, almost gave up on on the Amsterdam Marathon because I forgot to uh, to register, and so registration was was closed. And I saw a message on on the web, on Facebook, from a fellow runner here in Amersfoort, who got injured during his training, and so he didn't feel it was a, the responsible thing to do to run the marathon while injured. And uh, so I I was able to to buy his registration. And uh, (laughs) the thing is, I had already given up. So I stopped training. And uh, uh, immediately after I got the registration handled, I rebooted the training. And just to be on the safe side, even though it may not have been the best idea, I did run a full marathon distance uh, last weekend. Because I had to do... Uh, it's all about having run a certain amount of kilometers it's very important to, to that your legs are kind of accustomed to to these long stretches and so 20 miles is kind of the max normally for uh, this kind of training but when I was at the end of the 20 mile run I felt that I had some energy left which of course is a very good thing so I figured let's Let's do the entire distance. It's only six more miles. Well, <laughs> those six more miles count double, if not triple. It was very hard. But at least I knew that I could make it to the end without, uh, without dying. <laughs> so that gives me a little bit of confidence. But now I have to make sure I, I rest as much as possible. I do a little bit of running, very, very short distances. But that's mostly to keep your, um, your muscles... Uh, flexible but in terms of the, the real preparation for these long distances that's all done and I'm glad it is and I'm already thinking of, about ways to keep up the the fitness level it's a busy road here always next to the, 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 the train tracks with bikes and uh, scooters a lot of these kids that go to school nowadays have scooters which I don't know how they afford how they can afford. I didn't have the money when I was in high school to, to buy a scooter. I just just ride this very old bike. <laughs> anyway, so perhaps I'll I'll run a few more races like smaller ones on Saturdays just to be able to keep running. And I'm also looking forward to um, getting getting a new bike. There's a train. The lady with the two dogs that just passed me tried to calm down her... By the way, really beautiful dogs, but they were a little bit uh, spooked by the sound of the train. So I'm moving to uh, to the new rectory on November the 1st, if everything goes well. I really hope that uh, everything will be... Well, Not it's not, not going to be entirely finished, there's still some work that needs to be done but that it will be finished enough so I can move over and then that will be a good occasion for me to get a new bike because I'll have to bike to work every day which is a totally new experience I've never had to do that before and I'm looking forward to it because that's also going to guarantee a certain amount of uh, minimum exercise every, every day and every evening um, so last time we spoke I was going through a pretty rough time, difficult uh, couple of days because of all the insecurity and uh, plans not working out the way I thought they would and having to constantly adapt to new situations and unexpected challenges is, uh, is very exhausting. And it's, a, it's difficult to uh, stay calm and to keep the faith that all is going to be well. Fortunately, I already mentioned this in uh, my other weekly show on uh, Tridio.com. The day after I recorded that show, we had a meeting, an entire full-day meeting, with both the team of Tridio and the board. And uh, that was a really, really good discussion. Um, we, uh, we went through all the, the plans... Uh, trying to get everyone informed as, as best as possible, which is always a challenge because the board, of course, is only gathering what is it four or five times a year. Um, and even within our current production team, uh, Martin and I are, are always seeing each other every day. But Ling is much farther away; she hasn't moved to uh, to Amersfoort yet. So. It's really good to have a day like that to get everyone back into the loop, and and also we discussed um, the chale- the current challenges and uh, the worries that we have in in about about how to pull this off. And I was particularly glad with uh, the advice of the board, um, which that's the kind of advice that I think you need a board for. It's people that are able to step back a little bit more than the, the production team. And they were just looking at the amount of time that I was spending on the various aspects of the work. And they said, that's enough. We're not going to do anything else. And in case you wonder if it's wise to do something, just say no. <laughs> in case in doubt, say no. And I was, that, they gave me permission, like mental permission to slow down and to let go of a number of, of things that I was uh, trying to solve just have to wait a little bit and that's difficult if you if you're a creative person then you want things you want to do things right away and as many as possible (laughs) but that's not always the best approach sometimes it's better to let go of the less important things as long and that was the good thing of a day like that as long as you know exactly that you're putting your energy in what should have priority and I'm super glad that we reaffirmed kind of the, the, the scope, the mission, that we are reaching out to a younger generation. We're not making programs for you know people that just only look back on, on the glorious past. We're making shows and programs to help people today in this world, in this culture, and in the situation that people uh, live in. And, uh, and, and it's a lot of a lot of the shows that we do is, is, is building connections, building community and once you have that friendship in that community then you can, you can offer help, you can guide people, you can help them discern and, and, and uh, it's, it's, it's just good to always remind yourself what is the reason that we do this kind of work and what do we hope it leads to and that that is a good criterium to, to choose where to put your energy so for now putting my energy into what uh, brings in the resources I'm, I'm able to uh, probably able to it's not completely confirmed but most likely I'll be I'll be doing my TV show next year at least for the first half year the way I did it for the past few years and then we'll see um, I'm focusing I'm continuing continuing to focus on on these shows, on the, the, the podcasts. We'll do live streaming uh, when, when the occasion is there and we're focusing on video productions. And one of the, one of the new things that we've uh, uh, started up and that's also a fruit of that meeting with the board is uh, we want to create little shareable videos on, on, uh, you know, on, a, on a daily basis. And uh, the the trick is, of course, to do that in such a way that it doesn't cost too much time. And I knew that there had to be ways to do that. I'm am I'm on Instagram. I'm, I follow a number of these news sources, like the BBC or uh, what is it, the uh, Buzzfeed, and yeah, just or, or gaming sites. And they oftentimes have these one-minute videos, and they're all subtitled, or they have these big. Uh, it kind of, they, they translate it on the screen because I think 80% of the video wa- is, that people watch on their phones is watched without audio which is kind of horrific for someone who's used to making long form television but that's just the way people consume media and uh, video right now on their mobile phones and, and I see these clips and I watch them too and because it's just one minute you're much more likely to to continue watching than if it were uh, like a 15 or 20 minute documentary. For that I'll, I'll go to Netflix I'll go to, on, to streaming and on demand platforms and I do that in the evening but during the day you want short shareable content and uh, so I've been looking around trying to find uh, to, to figure out how other people did this and uh, we ended up with a solution that I didn't even know we already had, which is uh, the Adobe uh, Adobe Cloud or Creative Cloud suite, which uh, we have a subscription to for uh, Adobe Premiere and for Photoshop and for Adobe Audition, the programs that we've been using for years to create our shows and our content and our websites. But that suite also has a program, a smaller program, it's called Spark, that is exactly what I was looking for. It enables you to create these very short, simple videos, mostly just using short video clips or even just photos. And you can type in short texts and it will put put it together and push it out as a uh, shareable, you know, square Instagram video or, if necessary, as a uh, YouTube video. And it just works. It's much more akin to blogging than it is to... um, video editing and i think we're, we're we're experimenting with this a little bit Inge, uh, uh developing some of those videos i've been creating a couple and i think over time once we master the kind of the basics of that program we'll be able we'll be able to upgrade them and make them even cooler with uh, uh with footage that we shoot ourselves but it 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 like something that this is feasible this is um, is also uh, you, it, it possible to create those videos in batch at the beginning of the week and batch creation just like with podcasts the, the more you can do sequentially or in lost moments like right now I'm recording this at, right after my lunch so I'm, I have a lunch break of half an hour I'm like okay it's, the weather is nice the trains are lovely <laughs> Let's go outside and record an episode of the walk because otherwise, I'll have to. Uh, it's, it's going to uh, uh, to disturb my editing work that I'm currently doing. So I, I'm glad, and I think that these these short videos are uh, allowing us also, allowing us also to be topical. Um, to when whenever there's something that happens in the in the worlds in the cultures that we cover. We can quickly make something, put it out there, start a conversation with followers. And uh, at the same time, we can be creative. We can, we can, you can use that for almost any topic or, or subject. And I think over time we'll get better at this even more. So that is, uh, that's a very cool new addition. And I think because it's daily, it's another way to, re- to reach your audience on a more regular basis and to, to create a bond. That is stronger than with just the weekly shows. And uh, for the for the new channel, we're uh, still moving ahead full steam. We have calculated because that's also another aspect of of planning. It's not just a creative aspect, but it's there is this financial dimension of everything you do. So we we did the numbers. So how much if we do the television shows like last year? How much? money is that going to bring in, how much do we have to pay the, for salaries, for, the, for the, the rent of the building, um, the equipment, and what is, what is left with you know, the, the work that I do for television, the donations of the patrons, the very small amount of, uh, currently of donations coming from people in the Netherlands, which we hope to increase. If we put that together, what is our budget for, for to reinvest in the content? And turns out, we, if everything goes the way we hope it goes, we'll have uh, a good amount of money that we can invest in new programming. And hopefully we'll be able to build the community of supporters also next year so that we can hire a few more people, perhaps not on a full-time basis, but if, if, it, if only for, let's say, two half days a week, bringing in other ex, uh, people that are, have other talents than we currently have as a production team um, will also expand our possibilities. So I'm, I'm looking, for instance, for riders, people that are fluent both in Dutch and in English, um, almost like natively fluent, but that also have a knack for riding, uh, engaging engaging texts both for video and for audio and for social media Uh, but also people that can help us for instance write a newsletter Um, it's something that has always been a burden for for us i'm i know i can write but i can only invest my time and my energy in one thing at a time so it's something that i chose not to do not because i can't but because it would distract me from my 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 own focus and let's say the the things that I do best. Um, it's uh, also not something that uh, Martin and Inge are likely to to do anytime soon. Especially the, the writing a newsletter. It's it's all about uh, creating. Uh, it's a medium that that. You want to add value to it. Needs it, you're, you're taking a, a t- people's time. If it's just uh, a condensed version of what they've already seen online, then, and then nobody's going to care. So we need creative writers that are able to create new content that adds value to what we're already doing, instead of summarizing it. Um, and that is definitely kind of for us the way to, to expand our social media. And in the past, I remember when when I was producing, I don't know, 20 podcasts a week, my only posts would be, uh, hey, I just recorded this episode of this and this show, check it out. And then the next day, hey, I created this uh, podcast and just go check it out. But there was no interaction. And then, of course, if there's no interaction, if there are no likes or no comments, you're punished by the uh, algorithms of these of these social platforms because they want interaction. Um, the only thing that always works and always uh, seems to reach seems to reach a new audience every time I do it is live streaming because then you have a ton of interaction, uh, a ton of people that are liking and sharing, and and that uh, goes a long way uh, to to reaching um, parts of the of of my followers that. Normally the algorithm excludes, and, uh, and it also keeps me sharp. It's, it's fun to see new people every week. So I'm, I'm still thinking about ways to do that more often, to do it in a simple way. And in that respect, uh, equipment is still plays a key role. I'm super happy that it's getting cheaper and cheaper to stream over 4G, for instance, in the Netherlands. Uh, and, and everywhere in Europe, same prices everywhere. What I what I notice, and I've noticed for for a while now, is that uh, the uh, iPhone 6 Plus that I'm currently using is really at the end of uh, of its of its usability. It's getting slower, um, but it's also the cameras are pretty low grade. the The front camera is good, or let's say the, back, no, it's the camera at the back, so the one that you use for the photos. That's a that's an okay camera. But the front camera is not even HD. And it is, uh, it's tiny, very bad in low-light situations. And so I'm studying the enormous amount of new devices that's on the market. And I try to find something that is both afford- affordable, because I really don't want to spend uh, $1,000 uh, on, on, a ca- on, a, on a phone knowing that it's only gonna last for three, four years in, in the best case scenario. So I wanna try to find something much more in the middle range or even in the budget range as long as as it's got the functionality that I need and that's mostly good camera and enough speed to record in HD or if possible in 4K. Um, and if I, and I hope to, to be able to uh, to get a phone soon, and take a decision then I'd I'd be able to uh, do more of these live streams uh, a bunch of kids here in the park (laughs) I'd be able to uh, to do more live streams also on location Uh, another thing that uh, we are going to produce and that's really for me wish fulfillment is uh, we are finally going to do a series for both my Dutch audience and for our international audience about my travels uh, and it's going to going to be a, a much more of a vlog type of uh, thing, and it's you know ro- ro- Father Roderick on the road, or in Dutch, Roderick op reis. So Father Roderick travels, and it is a way for me to take you to the places that I've that I'm visiting, um, and it's also an incentive for me to get out there and to to travel more. One of the uh, pushback that some of the minimalists are getting I now. Mean, I'm just, not just talking about the hosts of the, of the uh, podcast, uh, the minimalists, but in general, people that are trying to um, m- m- live a minimal lifestyle and focusing on, on what is essential is well, what good is it to throw away 90% of your stuff if your life gets empty? And I think that for a lot of people, that is kind of what they're worried about. Well, if I get rid of all my books, you know, isn't my house going to be this stark, white, boring sp- place to be and is, is my, my life is going to be so empty. What they don't see is that one of the m- most important reasons to minimize your possessions and to only keep what is truly what brings you joy or helps you and is useful is that it creates space not for stuff, but for experiences and so instead of that's always a lesson that I remember from those podcasts is instead of giving people for their birthday or Christmas giving them stuff things that they don't really need or use why not give them experiences just take them out for a meal or in the case of kids go with them to an uh, uh, to a fair or an attraction park or a, on a hike uh, cook a meal for someone bake a cake that's the kind of... um, When you do that, you're giving people memories. And memories and experiences are so much more valuable and have much more of an impact on your well-being than things. And so that is true for my own life as well. Now that I'm moving and I'm leaving behind anything that doesn't fit in those ten boxes, except for a few uh, pieces of furniture... Um, the challenge for me is going to be to focus more on building these experiences and for me the experiences themselves uh, if I would just do that for myself would be okay but it's even more fun and I know this when I can share it with you one of the main reasons that I always uh, recorded video and audio during my vacations with the, the other priests was that I noticed that if I share it I'm experiencing I'm experiencing it in a much more intense way. Like, for instance, I'm now in this park and I haven't given you a description of what it looks like right now, but I'm walking on this uh, gravelly path and uh, the, it's, uh, on, on my right is a long row of tall, robust trees and they're really not wanting to start fall. Because they're, they're trying to cling on to their greenness, but on the edges, it's like gray hair on old people. <laughs> the, some of the leaves are already turning yellow, but it's almost as if these trees are like, just give us a little bit more of summer. And then here's a, li- a bit of a pond also on my right-hand side. No ducks there. They must be out for a, for a walk or, or a short flight. And on my left here are just green bushes. Um, but here's another pond on my left a a more elongated pond and this is where the swans usually hang out they too are not home yet so now I've given you a description but the fact that I'm describing it to you also makes me see the pond and makes me see this, this beautiful thick tree here on the right of the path with this bark you hear the sound of that? That's, that's the very thick bark. And then when I look up, I see the, the leaves in the wind. But the the, the tree still strong enough to hold on to the leaves. Probably next week that will be much more difficult. And then a few more weeks and everything here will be barren. Because there are no pine trees here in this park. So the fact that I'm giving you this description, you can see it but I also notice it much more. And that is why I hope uh, in the upcoming months to find ample time to travel and to do short, short-form travel where it's a combination of, of, of discovering, getting out there, changing the scenery, and at the same time uh, sharing, creating new content. Travel stuff? I love to watch travel videos and travel vlogs. Uh, You know, like Casey Neistat. One of the reasons that I watch his videos uh, is that he always takes you somewhere. If only for a walk through Manhattan. But that too is exciting. I'm crossing a bridge here. And uh, I think they're going to either paint or repair this wooden bridge. And uh, the painter here... Has the door of his car open with some reggae music. (laughs) And why not? Fits the weather perfectly. The only thing missing is an ice cream or a nice cool glass of beer. No beer for me right now. (laughs) I still have to edit a couple more hours. The park here is uh, interrupted by a busy road which I'm crossing now. Wow, those are amazing oak trees in front of a... Isn't that the place where Martin lives? I think that's the... His apartment is over there, and there's this massive tree. This is pretty, too. There is this um, corridor, almost a tunnel of trees, and the sun is at the back of the tunnel, shining through these red right leaves of two trees on, on both sides of the tunnel. It's gorgeous. It's at these times that I... I wish I'd taken my phone with me to take a picture, which actually may... is actually the case. I do have the phone with me so I can take a picture, which I will do because it's really lovely. The other day I was taking a walk in the park. uh, Not in the park, but in the nature reserve where I usually run. Wow, this is amazing. So beautiful. Also one of the reasons that I'd like to have a better phone to capture this. Scenes like this. It's only once a year that the world is beautiful like this. Fantastic. I was, I was walk I was running actually. I was on a on a training run through uh, the nature reserve and I so regretted not having the time to just go for a walk and take my professional camera with me because nature is at its best right now. You've got the the mushrooms, the, you know the red ones with the white dots where In in my youth, I always thought the the gnomes lived. (laughs) They would just sit down on those and use them as uh, seats. And uh, this is the time of the squirrels, busying themselves uh, getting the uh, food for the winter time. I love being outside to witness the change of seasons. It's absolutely fantastic. I get so distracted now by the beauty of the nature surrounding me that I, I, don't, want to t- I don't want to record my show. <laughs> I just want to stay here and capture these beautiful golden leaves and there's a little bit of sun shining through them. Can I capture this? Oh, it's hard. It's hard to make this as beautiful as in reality. It's definitely one of the advantages of uh, computational photography nowadays is that it sometimes is able to, even though the the situation, the lighting situation is not perfect, they they know what you're looking at. And so the software can do the most amazing things. When I watched the presentation of, uh, was it HDR plus or something like that? Both Apple and Google have a, a, var- a variation on that: uh, the phone takes about ten different pictures with all sorts of uh, different settings, and then combines all those photos to create something that is much closer to what your eye can perceive. Because, of course, your eye is a much better camera than anything out there uh, in the in the mobile phone world. But with this comp- computational photography. Uh, they can actually approach it quite well. And sometimes some of these phones will give you even a better reality than than the one that you're actually seeing. And So it will create Instagrammable photos, which is kind of the new thing. (laughs) Doesn't matter what reality looks like. It's what Instagram wants reality to look like. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Here's another beautiful scene. It's uh, like crossroads in the middle of the park. And uh, I'm trying to not take a picture of the big... What is it? I think that's a, a... There's this circular thing. Actually, I don't even know what that is. It looks like a well or something like that. It's got a metal cover. I've, I've seen this for years and I've never asked myself what it is. Has a... Is this metal or is it plastic? This is definitely metal. Yeah. It looks like something that can open... I don't know. May- maybe something for the sewer. Although in the middle of a park, nah. It's got to be related to the water uh, gathering that they do. This is this park is actually this park is here because it is a be- it is an important place to uh, to um, uh, filter the water. Oh, let me just go. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm just going sitting on my knees here in the park, taking a picture with. Uh, the leaves on the foreground he's gorgeously i've got to put the microphone down <laughs> now you're you're sitting there in the in the middle of all those golden leaves because I need to take this picture I'm sorry about that. this is absolutely gorgeous Wow, <laughs> for some reason <laughs> fall always makes me think of uh the best uh, Calvin and Hobbes comics (laughs) you know the ones where they're racing down a hill on a on a what is it self-built car or something like that and they're ending up in a pile of of leaves (laughs) I love that those are uh, a couple of the Calvin and Hobbes comics are going with me to my new home leaving behind 95% of my books but Calvin and Hobbes are going to go with me because they Add value to my life those are those are comics that I can read over and over again because they make me happy and they make me smile at the world and at myself and uh, We all need that from time to time there's a dog here with a black dog with what looks to be uh, like you just got these blue. Cables. Or I don't know what it is. Probably to uh, attach the line to or something like that. <laughs> Poor doggie. All right. Now, I could continue in the direction of the swimming pool, but I'm not going to because I need to go home. It's time for me to get back at the computer and finish my TV show. It's an episode about uh, 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 three beautiful projects that I filmed uh, earlier this year. Um... One where uh, they have created a pretty big um, club for kids, uh, just regular kids, but also uh, handicapped kids, kids with a disability, kids from um, refugee families that live sometimes in very poor uh, circumstances. And uh, the project that I visited was inspired by Don Bosco, uh, who is... I think one of the most important saints when it comes to the, um, the, the patronage of the youth by the church. so uh, Don Bosco was very sensitive to the uh, poverty in his in his area and also the lack of opportunities for people I and mean, kids from poor families and so he created this movement that where they wanted to help the, the children to build a better future and uh, the project that I visited was near Amsterdam, so near the big city. But they uh, they had, um, I think, a school and a, a building that used to belong to the Salesians in that area, which are the followers of, of Don Bosco. And now the the original generation of kids that benefited from that uh, from those activities by the Salesians are now adults, and they pass it on to the children. Of today, and so there were when I was there, more than a hundred kids, if not more. And it was a beautiful witness. This lady that I interviewed, she was like, "I, I want to pass it on. I've learned so much here. Now I want to give this back to the children." And there were beautiful life lessons there to learn. Uh, one of the one of the strengths of the of the project is that uh, children from more privileged situations are getting used to uh, playing and interacting with kids w- uh, that have disabilities or that are from a different country, don't speak the language or from a different culture. And uh, if you learn to interact and make friends with no matter what background a child has with all these different children, then it will build a foundation for the rest of your, of the, for the rest of your life in terms of your attitude. And that's absolutely true, definitely something I can uh, uh, bear witness to myself. I grew up also in the, in the uh, area of Rotterdam, but still in a time that, uh, and in a, in a smaller village, most of the kids in my class were Dutch, <laughs> actually were much more Dutch than I was with my you know, partially Chinese uh, heritage, and so I was kind of the immigrant in their eyes. Um, and then later on, I went to Belgium for my uh, seminary time. And, I, and that's where I really met the, the international church. And I studied together with uh, lots of students from Africa, from South America, and priests from all over Europe and all over the world. And then later on, when I worked in the, back then in the early times of, of new media, uh, that's where I got to know the whole North American culture and uh, my Canadian friends and that gave me such a rich um, a rich view on, on the how beautiful it is that we are not the same and that we are from all these different cultures um, not to mention that now for the past 10 years I've been living here in this neighborhood in a very multi- multicultural and multi-religious uh, neighborhood um, there are a lot of immigrants from muslim countries here um there is there are two big mosques actually we just missed the call to uh to the friday prayer so they have a big one here which is i think turkish no it's not no it's not turkish i think this one is more like a general mosque for uh people from you know the uh what is it I don't know, just eastern countries and in general. And there is a Turkish mosque, um, a much smaller one, also in my neighborhood. And there is no Moroccan uh, mosque in this area. Where I used to live in the, the first few years that I was appointed here in this parish, I lived near a Moroccan mosque, which was just in a house. <laughs> and um, I remember a conversation that I had with the imam there, who was from Morocco, from a very... Berber family and uh, he was talking about how proud his parents were that he made it to be an imam at the same time because he was from a very rural background he had great difficulty understanding the Dutch culture and also the culture of the uh, youth the Moroccan youth that is you know already like sometimes third generation Moroccan here and uh, that don't know the language from home, don't really care for the customs or for the for the faith. And when I was talking with him, I was like, "Wow, you have exactly the same problems that we have in our Catholic Church, where we are also complaining about the fact that we don't speak the language of the youth. The youth, youth doesn't care about our old traditions, and uh, what is the best way to approach them? What do? How can we we help them? Exactly the same questions. But it, the fact of living in in such a diverse in, in these culturally very diverse uh, situations for most of my life has made me very eager, this may sound a bit strange, to to go to heaven. <laughs> because if heaven is the place where for eternity we will live in friendship with each other, there will, there will be so much to discover. And there is such a. I mean, just every single human being is unique and has talents and beauty. And of course, also a lot of bad sides, and I would be the first to, to admit that. But those won't be a problem anymore in heaven, because all that will be gone. And what will be left is the beauty and the, and the friendship and the quality that people can give each other. Um, because, and, and the, the mirrors that they are of the goodness of God and his creativity. And I remember when I was studying uh, uh, Thomas' philosophy and theology in, uh, in seminary, I was a bit worried about the afterlife, about heaven. I was like, because St. Thomas describes it as the beatific vision, you know, where God is enough and you don't need anything else. Um, it, it will be this... Eternal contemplation of the beauty and the goodness and the love of God, and that that'll be it and I was always like, well, but I'd still like to play video games <laughs> or or watch the movies that I missed because uh, life was too short <laughs> and what about painting and creating and stuff? And Thomas is always like, well that's all that's that's, that's an earthly view because we are in in this time of our lives which is just the shortest one compared to the eternal life that we receive um, this time on earth has art has uh, parties and, and music because it points us to God but once you are in the presence of the real thing you don't need all those you know roads to God anymore because you'll have him <laughs> And I was like, yeah, but but but, it's what makes us human, you know, our our ability to create, um, our pets, you know. <laughs> yeah, do we need do we need animals in heaven? Are there going to be bees and and creepy spiders in heaven or not? I don't know. What I know is that they are part of what makes us human, and what also creates the the fabric of what we are is not just the soul and our body it's also our memories it's, our, it's, it's the world in which we live the things that we make stories that we tell all that is it's not very tangible but they are definitely coming from God God gave us this ability look at Genesis for instance to name things and, and naming animals which is what he asks Adam to do that too is a creative act God doesn't give him a giraffe and say well th- you call this a giraffe no he's like you give it a name and then <laughs> Adam is like okay and he, con- he is actually contributing to the creative work of God himself well why would God give Adam that ability and actually ask him to exercise it if that was something that he was going to abolish in heaven anyway It really doesn't make sense. So I'm not worried when I look at the world around me and at the beauty that's in this world, whether it's the the colors of of autumn or the colorful uh, people that surround me and are passing me by on their bikes right now. There's a lady from Africa and uh, a red-haired Dutch uh, uh, teenager and a mother with a child on the back of the bike whether it is the art that surrounds us the joy that we find in creating things and sharing things um, it's, I don't think it will detract from what God is going to give us it's just this um, unstoppable fond of, of creativity and, and so I, I really why would pets be in the way of divine contemplation. Why can't it be both? (laughs) I know that so many of of you... Holy cow. That was a truck that made me... startled me with his... with his... uh, uh, klaxon, what is it? Is it called a klaxon? I don't know. Anywho, I think the Catholic way is always to not say either or, but and... <laughs> Why can't it be both? There is enough enough space in eternity and enough time in eternity to give us everything. I don't know. Perhaps I'm just talking about stuff that I don't know how to talk about. How did how did I end up talking about heaven? Oh well. <laughs> Anyway, I'm almost home. Uh, Am I going to the left or to the right? There's this big church here on my left, which is a Protestant church. One of the stricter denominations in the Netherlands. They go to church on Sunday twice. I find that extremely courageous. So they have the morning service with uh, uh, songs and psalms and uh, the sermon and then in the evening, there is a similar service that they also go to. And it's basically a similar service. Also the same sermon, same readings, I think. Depends. But it is, uh, wow, it's very... <laughs> I don't think that Catholics would have that kind of energy to go and sit through two of my homilies that are identical. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, you know what? I'm going to... Uh, to head home and no longer waste more of your time. This was a bit of a rambling episode but also uh, I wanted to share with you that things are not as dire as they looked last time we spoke here on the walk and uh, but there are still quite a few challenges to overcome Um, but we're heading I think to uh, towards a very good 2019 and I cannot wait to become even more creative and to build up, uh, to continue to build this organization that allows me to focus on what I do best and that I can work with people that can add their talents to the mix so that together we can build something that is bigger than just the sum of the parts Thanks for listening, thanks for supporting me uh, over on patreon.com slash fatherrodrick and I hope you have a wonderful week too and we'll talk soon. Take care and God bless